Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host. We're here for our weekly edition of Texas Football Recruiting with Jerry Hamilton. Jerry is the national analyst for On3, also a college football and recruiting analyst for Inside Texas. How you doing, Jerry? I'm great, Bobby. Uh, good to be back again. A lot going <laughs> yeah, on. It's good. I stayed it a little wild in the state of Texas right now. It is. That, that's what I want to start with, actually, because, um, you know, there was a big move in Fort Worth. Uh, a couple weeks prior, there was a, a, a move at uh, in Lubbock. It, with the ch- coaching changes at both TCU and Texas Tech, do you think there's going to be anything that might shake loose as it relates to Texas recruiting in the aftermath of any of either of those programs? Yeah, as far as guys in 2022 class, I, I, I don't think so on the surface. I mean, does Texas make a move and go after a couple of guys that are, were or are still committed to TCU? That's possible. I mean, look, Texas was at Neville High before the Arkansas game. They have interest in Will Campbell, the offensive guard, committed to LSU. He hasn't backed off the LSU commitment as many expected. A.J. Allen, the running back at TCU. Look, if something happened with Jaden Blue or Jamarion Miller does the, you know, flips the Bama or something, you know, could they make a move there? That kid's really fast. But right now, no. I I think the portal is where it's at, Bobby. Obviously, when you're in Texas position, you're looking for guys who can come in and impact you immediately. And I think the number one guy at TCU at the top of every wish list is going to be Quentin Johnston, the receiver uh, from Temple High who was committed to Texas um, for a long time, then uh, flipped that commitment uh, and ended up signing with TCU. And look, he's a guy that looks like he has first round talent. So he's a guy that everybody in the country will want if he ever puts his name in the portal. Yeah, I was going to say that's the that's the whole issue, right? You don't You'd be it'd be pure conjecture about these guys putting their name in the portal, um, especially Quentin Johnston. Whereas someone like Zach Evans, the running back there, um, has already had some things go on uh, off the field where it's it's that's a, a more looks more certain every day that that's going to happen. Yeah, and I and look, I'll be surprised if Zach Evans does not put his name in the portal. Um, you know, there's some uh, a little bit of chatter about Texas A&M if he does put his name in the portal. So I don't know if that's been talked about, but hey, maybe we're just throwing it out here now. That's what I'm hearing on my end. So who yeah. knows what will happen, Bobby? It's yeah, I, you, you just don't know. Um, so nothing. I, I, when I asked you that question about TCU and Tech, there were a couple of people I was particularly interested in. Yeah. Um, Matthew Golden, the receiver out of Klein uh, area, uh, was one, and, and then um, I was also. Uh, thinking about uh, Jalen Gilbo, who Texas kicked the tires on, was originally committed to Texas, the DB, DB out of Port Arthur. Yeah, I think on Gilbo, I don't uh, look, look unless Texas changes the tune. I don't think he has a spot right now. Um, I'm not going to be surprised talking to a source in the Golden Triangle. If he backs off that TCU commitment, um, it, it's not out of the question. He doesn't sign with the University of Houston, depending on what happens. Gotcha. So we will see. What about I mean, Golden or? Yeah, you know, Golden's a kid that as of two days ago, Texas hasn't shown interest in. Uh, you know, it's it, not a guy that, that they've shown interest in. Look, I think, look, we have him highly ranked at on three. I think having seen him up close many times, I, I think the kid's a tremendous player. I think he's a tremendous competitor. Uh, I think he just catches the football very well. Um, I think he's an asset wherever he goes. And Credit the TCU and uh, Arkansas up there, Kendall Browles, for having that the early offer valuations on that kid because I think they're spot on. But nothing moving with Texas as of a couple of days ago. And then the other guys, I mentioned DJ, DJ Allen out of Gladewater. I didn't 
I don't know that he's a, a scheme fit based on what they already have. But the other one that, that's really interesting that Texas has just not showed much interest in, for whatever reason, is Major Everhart, the skilled athlete, wide, wide receiver, running back, could be a DB even out of Tascosa in Amarillo. Yeah, you know, I think he's a guy that he, if you talk to people around Tascosa, they, and I went up to see him earlier this year, and I kind of agree with them. They think he'd be really, really good at safety. He wants to play wide receiver, a hybrid receiver running back role, and he saw that fit at TCU. So um, uh, unless Texas makes a move there in a role like that, then I, I just don't see that one happening. Um, those two, him and Brennan Thompson, compete on the track quite a bit. Uh, they know they know each other pretty well. I don't know, you know, if that's a dynamic there from a competitive standpoint as well. But I think right now, unless Texas were to come in and look at Everhart and that sort of role, I just don't see where that would go anywhere as of today. But look, things can change. But he's a talented kid. Now he can really run. Um, and, and he has a lot of instinct at safety, but he does want the ball in his hand. Staying on TCU, they also have a defensive end on their current campus. We mentioned You mentioned Quentin Johnson, but uh, O'Shawn Mathis, the defensive end, the star defensive end, only a junior. He's from Maynard. Um, yeah. yeah. And so I tell you what, the, the portal is a crazy thing, Jerry, because we're sitting here talking and, and legitimately talking about picking off players from other – universities that haven't even put their name in the portal but given that they have no head coach and that's not who they were recruited to play for you don't know I mean we no no you don't know I mean look we've gone from uh Bobby you and I covered recruiting to us being like Adam Schefter at this point waiting we're in free agency of college football right I mean that's what it is we're we're, we're looking for who's going to be on the free agent market in college football and trying to take a guess at who these guys could be. I mean, look, Texas Tech has probably two or three guys. Um, I, by the way, TCU has two or three offensive linemen that obviously, if they ever jumped in the portal, I'm sure Texas would be all over. Um, but there's guys at Tech. I mean, as a comic, could probably go pro, right? I mean, O'Shawn Mathis can go pro if he wants to. But, you know, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, I mean, that's where we're at. It's free agency. And now it's just kind of a waiting game. The interesting thing with TCU is how – Look, and I'm not saying – I'm not trying to get into how Gary Patterson's uh, res resignation or retirement or whatever you want to call it was handled, but I don't think it's gone over well with the players and the recruits at TCU. So there's there's a lot of making up that has to be done. So when you're thinking, okay, portal, you're looking, okay, who's vulnerable? Well, that's a vulnerable program right now, just the yeah. way it all now. Bottom I, so here's, here's what you and I know that people outside this industry don't necessarily understand. Gary Patterson, by and large, was probably the most well-liked head football coach of the major powers in the state of Texas no by high school coaches. I mean, yep. um, people in the Metroplex, people in, in greater Houston, they liked Gary Patterson. And I'm talking about the high school football coaches. And part of that was his longevity. Uh, part of it was his plain talk uh, yep. with, with their kids and, and how he helped them along the uh, years. Uh, whether it's in camps or combines or, or not combines, but uh, uh, on the chalkboard trying to defend the spread. You nailed it, Bobby. That's it. Like, I can't tell you how many stories I've heard being in high schools where Gary Patterson didn't come in and just recruit their kid. Gary Patterson came in and they got on the board and were drawing up plays and talking about schemes. That stuff goes over really well 
with the high school coaches. He's almost he's like one of them, but just happened to be a head coach at TCU for 20 years. Yeah, that I think you get my point, right? Is yeah, that I think the dynamic at TCU, they got a that, that's a that's a real big change for them. Um, and you know, we didn't even mention this. Talk about jobs that are open. LSU. Um, you know, there's you know there's talent there. Oh. You don't know if that's going to bounce back or go anywhere or if they're going to be satisfied with the new coach incoming or what kind of offense that coach runs. I mean, is there is there a receiver there that Steve Sarkeesian would like to have? My guess is yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, is, is there an offensive lineman or two that Kyle oh, yeah. like? <laughs> that And so my point is, but, but, but you have to think that at the same time, LSU is its flagship school. They're yes. going to carry their own weight. Uh, and, and be able to battle that. And Woodward's going to make a really good hire. I, I mean, anybody that thinks he's going to mess this up, I, I always say you're going to be wrong. He's, he's going to get it done and he's going to do it right. And, you know, the, the question, the hard thing with LSU to me is that's 2022 recruiting class related, Bobby. I mean, look, Texas has Jamon Tapp committed. They're trying on Jacoby Matthews, uh, Shaz Preston. I don't think he's going to Texas, but they've been in there. Uh, Quincy Wiggins, they're in the battle for a lot of these guys and really looking to open up that state and recruiting, especially with the move to the SEC. But in this 2022 class, if LSU makes that home run higher, and I'm not saying home run by what the national media thinks. I'm thinking, I'm saying home run by what the kids, the coaches, and the circle of the people think. If they make that home run higher the week after the LSU A&M game that ends their regular season, that first week in December, then they've got 13 days, and that's when you can get hurt if you're dependent on Louisiana in your 2022 class. I mean, you can take a couple on the chin right before signing day. I tell you, I tell you what's interesting, too, is that, um, and you can think about this, but Mel Tucker is one of the names. That that Big Ten championship game, if he makes it to that, that's right. That that extends in an extra week before he can actually get out on the road and recruit. All right, um, let's let's back off of that. Um, uh, off the talk about the transfer slash TCU uh, Texas Tech stuff uh, as it relates to Texas. And Texas has uh, a potential commitment coming up this Thursday from the defensive, a junior defensive back. So he's class of 2023 out of Arlington Seguin. Uh, tell us about him a little bit and what you know and who he's kind of down to from a school perspective. Yeah, J uh, Jamel Johnson, you know, Arlington Seguin, we have him 229th. In the junior 300 or on 23, I should say, but junior class, you know, saw him at uh, Under Armour camp in March, um, you know, good size, really instinctive player. I think he's a better player than he is athlete, if that makes sense. Um, he's, he's similar to, I think I said it last week, he's similar to a little bit similar to Anthony Cook in that he's not going to blow you away from a testing perspective, but he's just a really good football player. But that does then beg the question, where does he play at the next level? Obviously he is a corner wants to play corner, has played some safety, but is his fit going to be more of a nickel safety from an athletic standpoint? Um, he's not a guy that's going to, if he gets beat, he's not a guy that's going to turn and just make up that ground. He doesn't have that long recovery speed uh, that, that, that the high-end elite corners have. So it does beg the question where he's going to play, but he's a physical kid in the run game. Uh, he, he's a really good football player. Who, who all's on him right now and, and who's he down to? Yeah, I mean, LSU, Oklahoma, they've all been on him at various times, you know, all the schools within the region, uh, the Big Ten schools, everybody's really been on him. But Texas has kind of been the, the, the trending school for a while with him. 
Okay, got it. So that's Thursday, 9 a.m. Central. Um, be Stay tuned to Inside Texas for that, uh, hopefully. All right, uh, you uh, broke the news, Jerry. Um, I guess, uh, geez, Monday morning. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a long time ago now. Monday morning that Devin Campbell, the offensive lineman from Arlington Bowie, a uh, blue chip prospect, five-star guy, is going to be uh, in Austin the week of November 13th uh, for his official visit for the Kansas game. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. And then the other guys that you hear that are coming in for official visits that weekend. Yeah, uh, Devon Campbell, number 19 in the on 300, uh, five-star. You know, look, this kid's been a five-star prospect since the first rankings came out. He was tremendous at a young age when you first saw him. He's 6'3", he's got a guard body, but he's got an 81-inch wingspan. He's got tackle length, right? Big hands. Yeah, Bobby, it's the fun. He's one of those kids you love in this business because when you meet him, he's soft-spoken. He's almost shy or reserved initially, but then he just goes out and mauls people on Friday night. He's kind of the guy you really like, right? I mean, you know, he's not trying to break your hand when he shakes it, you know. I, mean, I don't know if you ever got the Adrian Peterson death grip in high school, but you know that was that was those those hurt uh, us us guys that have skinny fingers. But Devon is a he's a great kid, man. He's a fun kid to be around. But then he's an animal on Friday nights, and he's a guy that when he when he was still playing varsity basketball, two hundred and seventy five pounds was dunking the ball with ease. I mean, so he's a good athlete. He may not test great in a forty for an offensive lineman, but he's a really good athlete and he's got good agility. Uh, but look, it's. I think this has been trending to a Texas-Oklahoma battle. I do think if USC hasn't had their turmoil, they would be very much in it. I think the mom likes uh, USC, but uh, checking in with a source on the West Coast, there's just they, that those people just think it's going to come down to closer to home at the end of the day. The interesting thing with Campbell, what? though, Bobby, he's visiting LSU on the 27th. They don't have a head coach. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Why, why USC? The academic profile or just the West Coast thing? I think both of them. I think both of them. I think private university, uh, the academic profile, and I think the West Coast as well a little bit. Um, uh, but you know, look, he's been on campus. He, he he's been he went to USC June uh, or first week in June for an officially went there earlier this season. He was there the same weekend. Josh Connerly, one of the top tackles from uh, Rainer Beach, was there. Um, he's been to Oklahoma this season. Also made the official in June. He's been to Texas multiple times since this process started. I'm guessing five, six, seven times. Uh, if you look back on it, I think he's been three times since March. Uh, and it, it was expected Texas is going to get the last official visit. But now I think that's more Texas working that 13th weekend uh, when Devin Brown, who we'll talk about in a second, comes in. Looks like Cam Dewberry's coming in that weekend. Texas is trying to get two or three kids committed to other schools to come in that weekend. Uh, so we'll see what happens. But if, if, if Texas could end up with a huge uh, 2022 weekend in Austin. Uh, and I know you want to hit on Devin Brown. Yeah, I, I do want to hit on Devin, but I want to ask you about Dewberry first, because frankly, I think, and this is a weird thing, right? Uh, in, in my lifetime at Texas, I don't think I've ever talked more about offensive linemen than I have quarterbacks. Right. <laughs> and big that, for you, Bobby. <laughs> well, I mean, that right. I mean, the, the, and the anybody in football. Yeah. So, so tell us about a little bit about Cam Dewberry because I think he's got, he's a little bit different. He's more of a tackle prototype with inside guard ability as well. Um, 
a little bit, uh, and he's down in the Houston area, but he and Campbell know each other pretty well and have been talking a little bit. Yeah, I think they all kind of meet up. You know, they're all at various camps when they're younger, you know, the Under Armour camps or whatnot on the circuit. They also have visited Oklahoma. I think that Oklahoma connection is there with those guys. Bill Biedenball is really popular with uh, uh, Cam Dewberry and the family. Cam has a great relationship with Kyle Flood. Um, he's told me uh, multiple occasions that Flood's recruiting him harder than anybody else as far as position coach on the offensive line. You know, he began the process as an Ohio State lean. I didn't think he was ever going that far away from home, but I think Ohio State helped the parents on that because they really tried to push the kid to commit and shut it down in June, which that was never his plan. And I think that kind of turned him off a little bit at the time. So that helped the schools closer to home. Texas A&M's in it. He's visited LSU. Um, but, yeah, that's – I. you know, look, I he really likes Kyle Flood. They really like Oklahoma. Um, A&M's has been in it as well. So it's, it's, it's the big three schools. And who knows what's going to happen with the LSU – uh, you know, coaching hire because Cam will be a December signing period uh, announcement. So if LSU makes a hire and could get him on campus, I mean, there's a lot of things at play with these kids in this cycle right now because of the job openings. And he's one of them. But that's huge to get him on campus again. That was going to happen. Um, he was deciding between Texas and Alabama for the last visit. Um, but I felt like Texas was going to get that visit. Eric Nolene thought Texas would get that visit as well. So we've been on the same page about that. As a prospect, he's really interesting, Bobby. Like you said, he's he's 6'4", all of it. Broad shoulders, barrel-chested kid, 83-inch wingspan, 10-and-a-half-inch hands. He's got all those measurables. And he's one of those guys who probably will get a look at right tackle if he can handle these stays at right tackle. If he's more of a guard from a pass pro perspective, then he slides in and he has a chance to be a really good guard because he is an aggressive guy. He is a tremendous down blocker, can be devastating. Yeah, I, I think he's he's a guy that's uh, – and he's out of Atascacita. Atascacita, correct. Same and, high and school. By, and, by the way, and by the way, Steve Sarkeesian, uh, I was told this afternoon, will probably be at that game. They're playing Beaumont, Westbrook, and Bryce Anderson Thursday night. Got it. Yeah, good update there. So you think Sarkeesian and maybe some of the staff will be there? Yeah. Yeah. I got you. Um, and then uh, Devin Brown, the quarterback from the West, not the West Coast, but from like lives in Arizona, yeah, goes to the West school Coast. in Utah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, Queen Creek High. Uh, family still lives in Queen Creek, uh, Arizona. He's now at Corner Canyon his senior year where Jackson Dart absolutely lit it up last year. The USC freshman quarterback who was a star before getting injured. Uh, Devin Brown, Charles Power, and myself really liked him at Elite 11. Look, that's the on-air competition. I get it. But it's still data points in your checking boxes, right? He's 6'3", 190. Uh, he's got – I call it basketball feet. He's a He is a really good athlete without being a fast athlete. I mean, he reacts to things, his agility. He can bend. He's flexible. He's agile. And he can really throw the ball. I know, Bobby, you've watched him on tape. Um, he's a kid who – he's a gunslinger. He's not scared now. He's not scared to try to fit a football – uh, but I think he's just a tremendous prospect. Look, and it falls in line. Let's, let's give Graham Harrell credit. I mean, Keaton Slovis was not a, a highly uh, ranked kid when he took him. He's been a pretty good player. Jackson Dart was a great senior year guy. And then he went in and offered Devin Brown early when you had other guys like Malik Murphy in the state of California. And Harrell targeted Devin Brown very early. And it's just interesting to kind of see that recruitment come full circle now. Devin Brown's been the Ole Miss 
Ohio State is trying to get in there, which is interesting, by the way. And um, why do they, why, why would they need a 2022 quarterback all of a sudden? But uh, and then, you know, Cal, UCLA, a lot of teams are trying to get in on Devin Brown. I think it's a huge official visit for Sarkeesian because Devin Brown likes the offense like 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 you hear the same things from Arch Manning, likes the that the play callers, the head coach, that type of feel in the offensive scheme. Two more questions for you. Um, uh, I want to ask you about Armani Winfield, the receiver from Louisville uh, that's committed to Texas, but uh, tinkering with the idea of Michigan State. Uh, and then Evan Stewart, uh, the, the great wide receiver out of Frisco. Yeah, Armani Winfield. Look, Michigan State, there's been some confidence there. I think Texas is going to turn that up again in, in, that, in that recruitment. Look, he's playing well. Armani didn't have a – just being honest, he didn't have a great junior campaign, junior season on the field. He was injured a, a couple of weeks this year and he had a concussion, but he's played really well this season. Um, he looks more like the guy that you saw as a sophomore when you first started evaluating and ranking these guys. He's in the top 300 for us, and um, he, he's a guy who I don't think – I think Texas needs every talented receiver they can sign right now. If Saturday showed us anything, it showed us that, right? And I don't think you want to lose Armani Winfield. And then on Evan Stewart, look, AM's made a move there. I had a uh, he was at the game a couple of weeks ago. I believe he's going to be back again this week. Um, I think Alabama's maybe has pulled back in that recruitment a little bit. Um, you know, so I, I think that's opened the door for AM to get him on campus again because Evan was originally scheduled to be at the Alabama LSU game and maybe last second that still happens. But I was told by somebody in DFW they kind of expected Evan to be back at AM for the Auburn game this weekend. Uh, John Tay Cook, a lot of those kids are going to be on campus at AM this weekend for that Auburn game. Uh, but Evan Stewart, that same person in DFW, told me they, they think it's going to come down to AM in Texas at the end of the day, barring something unforeseen right now uh obviously florida's got some struggles so that one's kind of gone by the wayside um he visited lsu look if lsu makes the right hire again that's one of those kids there's so much in the balance right now um but evan's working to be a december graduate too which i think is huge because a kid with that talent those guys normally run track in the spring right bobby if that kid comes in somewhere in december he becomes an instant impact player yeah the 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 thing about uh uh, I was thinking about uh, when you were talking earlier uh, about Winfield and Stewart. Uh, Winfield was the, if people need to remember this, he was the first commitment for Steve Sarkeesian, committed on the day that Steve Sarkeesian was hired or the day after, right? Right, right, right then. Day of, um, yep. And then I also had something I wanted to tell you real quick. When you were talking about the, the Adrian Peterson death handshake um, <laughs> that he had, my first one when I was a, when I was, following recruiting actually didn't come from from adrian it came from leonard davis oh i believe that <laughs> bobby I, that leonard davis to this day is my favorite high school highlight but do you remember him playing middle linebacker and he clotheslined guys because he couldn't get there he was 6'6 350 but he just clotheslined those poor little kids in 1a football it was the craziest thing you've seen then to watch L. leonard at the state tournament in basketball Still to this day, pound for pound, got to be one of the freakiest athletes we've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that uh, you can tell a lot on the basketball court with those big guys, right? And that's one of the things. Um, other flip candidates, uh, you know, we talked and – and, and flip candidates is a hard co conversation um, because yeah. I don't – what I don't want to do is give the thought that these guys are definitely going to flip. Right. And I, I'm not trying to – but 
you know, Texas continues its pursuit of Kelvin Banks. Bryce 100%. Anderson is another one that I, I, I think that you know, there's there's a bunch, right? Um, in anybody uh, that you think we need to be on the lookout for? I mean, I, I know Eric Nalin said Jordan Neighbors maybe up at Rockwall, the wide receiver is a possibility that's committed to Baylor. Anybody else? Yeah, I think you look at it, it's the position, the need, right? I mean, that's where we're looking. It, it, Terrence Brooks is, is one uh, corner committed to Ohio State, five-star uh, for us at on three. Texas has never backed off that recruitment. They continue to have communication. He was at the Red River showdown with his girlfriend. So, you know, that's one Texas hasn't given up on. Kelvin Banks, Texas absolutely hasn't given up on. Look, there's it, as it gets closer to signing day, you know, there's there's a couple of things there that could cause Kelv to just take a look, you know. One of those is, man, look at Texas. You can go in and possibly start right away at right tackle. I mean, who knows? I mean, left tackle, you know, you can compete there. So I think there's a couple of things there um, um, that could work in Texas' favor. It's just a matter of hanging in there. Um, you know, that's what it's a matter of. But Bryce Anderson, look, Texas hasn't given up on him, I, you know. I, there was a time prior to that Oklahoma game that I thought percentages were kind of creeping up there, but then Texas struggles, A&M beats Alabama, you know, A&M's got a lot of momentum right now. Um, so that one's, that one's a little bit tougher right now, but Hey, look, Steve Sarkeesian's going to that game Thursday night. They have not given up on these guys because those are difference maker players. I mean, let's, let's be real. I mean, Terrence Brooks corner, Terrence Brooks and Denver Harris are huge recruits for Texas. Bryce Anderson, huge recruit for Texas. Kelvin Banks, huge recruit. I mean, you're talking about guys who come in um, and can impact the program from day one at positions of need. Yeah, I, I think about that. And, and what it reminds me of is something that uh, I talked to Joe Cook yesterday. Uh, he was in, uh, Joe was at Sarkeesian's presser. And one of the things that Sarkeesian said is, look, we could go get five offensive linemen if we wanted them right now. We want the right ones. We need the ones that are they're going to be great players. And so as and I want to close with this for you and I is, you know, right or wrong, they're not giving up on, on the high level guys. No. Um, so but they have to hit on a couple of, them. you know, they Maybe. can't they can't go over. Um, and so that's what we're going to be tracking. Obviously, I think that that uh, they're not going to go over. But, the, you know, depending on how many of these guys they get is the, the real key. Look, look, Bobby, I mean, let's – I mean, I'm not a spin guy, okay? I'm not going to spin this. Harold Perkins is A&M LSU, Texas. Evan Stewart looks like it's A&M Texas. Uh, if Kelvin Banks were to decide close to signing day that he don't want to go to Oregon, I mean, it's Texas or Texas A&M. And I don't know if A&M, how much they're even in it. Cam Dewberry's Oklahoma, Texas A&M. I mean, you go down the list, Devon Campbell is Oklahoma, Texas. Maybe LSU, he's going to visit. I mean, these are all battles that, you know, like you said, you can't go over from a recruiting momentum perspective. You need to hit, you have to hit on a couple of these guys. I mean, Texas is in it for four or five-star guys. They're trying to flip Terrence Brooks. A couple of those have to come home for you in this class because if they don't, they're going to the schools that you recruit against. Yeah, this is old-fashioned border wars recruiting. It is. What it is. Yeah. It is. All right. Hey, Jerry, thanks for your time, man. I really appreciate you. All right. Have a good one, man. All right. For uh, Jerry Hamilton, this is Bobby Burton. Thanks for joining us uh, with On Texas Football. This has been our weekly recruiting edition. Thank you. With everything you have on your plate, 
earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.